HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit rt11.com. Hardcore is a new series from Heritage Radio Network. Over six episodes, we're taking a close look at the rebirth of American cider. Really, it wasn't until about 10 years ago that cider started to be revitalized in the United States. From the science of fermentation. So yeast, it's a fungus. It's a unicellular fungus. To the magic of terroir. What really excites us is thinking about communicating that very sort of spiritual aspect of knowing a piece of land. We're setting aside our cider donuts to gain a deeper understanding of this singular beverage. I love a cider donut. You don't have to have a cider donut with your cider, and I will die on that point. Subscribe to Hardcore wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey guys, this is a special October 2019 show. Do you know that it was just the festival in Buffalo, New York? What is the festival? Well, it's the Shelton Brothers annual event with some of the cooler brewers that I know in the world, and every year we get to meet some. This year, a special highlight was a great photographer at the Beer Trekker, Miguel Rivas, was hired, and he, he, he brought together some of the guests uh, along with Joel Shelton and B.R. Arroyo. How are you, Miguel? Hey, Jimmy. How are you? I'm uh, Miguel Rivas, the beer trekker, photographer extraordinaire, here with uh, Jimmy Carbone at the Beer Sessions Radio. And as you were mentioned, this weekend was the uh, Shelton Brothers Festival in Buffalo, New York. This was the eighth annual festival. And, of course, they were bringing some of the best breweries around the world, which some of them we have here today. We have breweries from Panama, France, Belgium, Washington State, Brooklyn, locals in Bushwick. Brooklyn. That's great, Miguel. And who who did you bring? You 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 knew um, Stefano from Panama. Tell us how you. Know, there's so many guests here. We're going to introduce each one, but you're going to introduce Stefano from. So uh, uh, I met Stefano in 2015 uh, on my first trip to Costa Rica for beer, and he was a brewer at one of the biggest uh, craft breweries there at the time. Was uh, uh, Costa Rica Craft Beer, and he was one of the brewers there. So we met, and then since we just stayed in touch and. You know, over the years, we have seen each other at festivals or when I traveled to Costa Rica. Then a few years ago, he moved to Panama. And uh, this year, they had one of their annual uh, beer competitions there, the Barrilito de Oro. So we were there. Uh, I was there documenting and also, like, checking out the scene in Panama. So we kind of got in touch again and, you know. Great. And Stefano, let's uh, just introduce yourself. We're going to try to get everybody to introduce themselves. So I'm uh, Stefano Marin, uh, head brewer for Casa Bruja Brewing Company in Panama City. It's an honor to be here among this amazing group of uh, people, um, beer enthusiasts as, as I am. 
uh, honored to be in such a great location uh, like Roberta's in, in Brooklyn. No, it's great, man. It, it was it, The whole show was built around S Stefano from Castle Brewers is going to be coming in after the festival. We didn't know anybody else was who was coming in yet. And uh, why would you come up for the festival? I mean, you're, you're in Panama City. I read about you on TripAdvisor. They say it's a great place to go when you're in Panama City, Panama. Yeah, um, we brought our beers to pour at the, at the festival thanks to Joel from one of the Shelton brothers that believed uh, in our product. And he came down to Panama in February. And uh, I think he had a pretty good time. Uh, I don't remember. At the festival. <laughs> he says he doesn't remember. Well, I do remember, and you had a great time. Um, and we were honored to pour it next to such amazing brewers. Uh, we brought some of, uh, more of, of the more complex stuff we brew. Um, the first from our barrel program. Uh, the first barrel program in Panama City, so uh, we w we're excited to share That's that. That's great. With we're we're going to talk to you more. So, and now we're going to the old the old world. To me, Belgium, France. There's a border there. That's that that's no border. It's uh, saison and and beer de guards. We got two breweries from there that are uh, Duranque and um, Albaron, who are some of my favorite. Uh, breweries from the Shelton Brothers portfolio going way back. So I'm, I'm bringing back the old world. So you guys introduce yourselves, and we're drinking um, one of the Durankis right now. Oh, hello. I'm Casey Wellman from Braurai Duranka uh, over in Dotigny on the west part of Belgium. Uh, I'm also in town for the festival. Uh, we've been a longtime provider of beers to Shelton Brothers. They've been importing us for how long, Joel? 20-something years? It's about tw a little bit less than 20 years, I think. Oh, yeah. Okay, so just around there. Uh, but you guys, you're, 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 a special brewery, you're a special brewery. I mean, to me, mm. Duranki XX was one of the first beers that I, I got from Shelton Brothers 12, 14 years ago. I love it. What, what's unique about it? And uh, also, to me, it's actually, even though it's hoppy, it's very Belgium. Uh, yeah, definitely. It was started by Nino Bassel and Guido DeVos. They were members of a local beer club in Wevelgem. They'd found that their favorite Belgian beer styles had become less hoppy in the 20th century. They wanted to bring the hops back into beers. And the best way they found to do that was to source the hops locally, directly from the farms. And beyond that, use whole hops. So all the hops that we use are bought from the farm in whole cones. Uh, they're stored at the brewery year-round. And they found that's the best way to get a nice, balanced bitterness in the beer. Not only beers that are bitter, but beers that are refreshingly bitter. You get a nice complexity. And we're drinking that. right now? Uh, Simplex. So you mentioned XX Bitter. It's a relatively well-known beer from us. Simplex, we like to say, is XX's little sister. Um, it's just Pills malt as the base. In fact, it's meant to be drunk like an old-style Belgian Pills. Um, a really nice bitter beer. You get the bitterness coming through and get the hops coming through as well. Uh, a dry beer, a bitter beer. It's an ale. We don't, we're not set up to brew lagers right now. Uh, but it's intended to come across as an old-style great. It lager. really does. And then from France. Yeah. Hello. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Xavier Bayer from uh, Brasserie Au Baron uh, in France on the border with on, uh, on the border with Belgium, like you say. Um, uh, we are brewing for uh, eight, from uh, eighty nine. Uh, it's the first brewery of the family, but we are brewer from uh, uh, for a long time. Uh, my grandfather uh, uh, was uh, brewing on a head, uh, head director of production in a big industrial breweries and. Uh, and uh, when he get retired, he wanted to to help my father to build a brewery, which uh, which was uh, brewing beer like he knew at the beginning of his career, and uh, it's why we we built the brewery au Baron uh, in '89 uh, with a restaurant. We wanted to make something like a gast brewery in uh, in Germany, and uh, with. Uh, <coughs> With the food and the, the beer pairing. Well, uh, one thing I love, another beer that I've had a long time ago and I love it, the Cuvée de Jonquil. Yeah. Uh, Cuvée de Jonquil is our uh, first Jonquil. spring beer because you have a old tradition of spring beer in, uh, in France. And uh, uh, it was our first spring beer. It was a blonde one because bef be before that beer, we only made a, a dark beer, a Christmas beer or a season. And he uh, had a, a big success, and now now uh, we it's uh, most it's uh, our most famous beer. It's like uh, eighty percent of the production, and um, it's a traditional beer uh, with our own yeast strain. We um, fermented in the bottle, uh, un unfiltered, of course, 
made uh, in the traditional process uh, of Bière de Garde with a long brightening step, that because it's that what what that means, Bière de Garde. Um, and uh, that's uh, our years give a lot of uh, esterite taste to to our beer that makes the particularity oh, of it's, our it's beer. It's great. And we're going to talk a lot more to all you guys. And then uh, from the new world, uh, Ron and Amber, you guys introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Ron Extract from Garden Path Fermentation in Skagit Valley, Washington. I'm Amber Watts, also from Garden Path Fermentation in Skagit Valley, Washington. And you guys have a pr- pretty stellar background. I mean, I know you worked at Shelton Brothers, but... You guys worked at Jester King. So w- what brought you to Washington State? Sounds like you found paradise. That must be the new trend. Either opening <laughs> in an old, old industrial city or you're just going to go find paradise somewhere. Well, we were really looking for someplace where we could do something that was hyper-local, where we could source everything that we needed from immediately around us. And we're fortunate where we are in northwest Washington that just everything grows in the valley where we live, in Skagit Valley. We can grow grain. We can grow hops. We can grow wonderful fruit and what's also awesome there is that we have a climate with really cool summers and fairly mild winters that allows for fermentation at ambient temperatures year-round so we can really embrace seasonality in a way that would be difficult to do in other places and make something that is truly reflective of the area where we live. Um, The cool thing, too, is that we in Washington can also pretty easily be a winery on top of a brewery. So we make cider and mead and wine. Um, We've only released mead at this point, but uh, we have such an abundance of really cool things that grow near us that we can just ferment. We're now called Garden Path Brewery. We're called Garden Path Fermentation just because we have a much broader scope, I think, than a brewery. Wow, that's great. So uh, the festival was this week and you guys were all there. Um, Joel, how many breweries were at the festival this year? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. BR, do you know the exact count? <laughs> I, I think it was about 90 breweries, um, majority from uh, the Shelton stable, but then we always invite a few local breweries and friends of Shelton to, to participate. So a couple of Buffalo breweries were there as well, including uh, Thin Man, Mike Schatz, Mike who's Schatz. basically the beer mayor of Buffalo. I love how you guys pick that festival. You go to like the B-cities. I don't want to say B-city, but you're not going to L.A. You're not going to New York. We went to L.A., Jimmy. Did you go to L.A.? Oh, yeah, but that was a B- <laughs> that was, that that was, was relatively city. a B-city by California standards <laughs> and, at that time. We, and we what's more the, the philosophy of this festival? Because you, you were in Florida. You were in Louisville, Kentucky, Worcester, Massachusetts. Or you can't tell me. That's a secret. Can't tell you where we're going next. Or uh, The philosophy, I don't know if there is one, but because BR and I are not involved in choosing the city whatsoever. It's the people in the office in Massachusetts. It's this little clique they have with my brother and some other uh, people that are kissing kissing up to you know, sucking up to him. But you, know. you, did, you did pick, did they intentionally pick the same weekend as GABF? No, no. It so was, uh, was, it was just, just that they got a weekend that would actually work with the venue and with everybody's schedule and so and you still, but you still found 90 breweries that weren't going to gabf well not everybody wants to go to gabf let's face it so i mean uh we're we might be a little more cutting edge than that i think but uh just just saying but uh it was worth going to ours i think for everybody great and uh, it, it, it's an amazing thing i mean and definitely with miguel i'm sure that on the shelton brothers site and on and miguel the beer tracker there's gonna be a lot of photos and follow-up about this event but but pete langle from kcbc you heard that these guys were coming in, and you just texted me, right? So you're right down the street at uh, Jefferson Stop here in Bushwick. Um, th- this is exciting for you. Uh, you, you. You've interacted with a lot of these brewers. Yeah. Well, I actually heard from – well, Stefan was staying at my place, and he told me about this. And then Joel and I were sexting back and forth the other night, and then he's like, <laughs> oh, we see you at the podcast? So, I don't remember that, actually. Oh, it was pretty good. Yeah. He doesn't remember a lot. A lot of th- – yeah, yeah. So, so, so tell me, Stefan, what, what do you guys – so you're going to make a beer with Stefano tomorrow, Pete? Yes. Uh, yeah, well, we've got him in town, and we have brew by numbers from London and Japas from Sao Paulo, Brazil. We're doing a little bit of an international collab. All, th- all three, four breweries. Yeah, intercontinental collaboration. Wow, and, and what, are you, what are you up to, Stefan? I mean, you're up here in New York. Is, is, that, is that part of the goal, is to make collaborations with other breweries? Are you, are you going to a lot of other festivals in a lot of other cities? Uh, not a lot, but we do, we do a little bit of Central America. Uh, Costa Rica, Honduras, and um, recently South America too. Argentina has uh, an amazing scene uh, growing up, and they have invited us to interesting uh, festivals and collaborations down there. A lot of good friends and amazing brewers. And um, now, thanks to Shelton Brothers, uh, we're here in the States and um, collaborating with uh, 
good friends and amazing brewers trying to to get our brujeria we call it casa bruja is house of witches so our witchcraft up here in 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 the states for the first time it's super exciting and a lifelong dream for me personally to to be sharing my work it's great with, welcome uh, so the beer that we're drinking next is um it's not a hazy ipa Ron. Oh, no. <laughs> no it's not um this is you're you're drinking uh, the dry hopped streams well which is just it's a a a dry hopped uh, medium strength beer that we do using 100% native yeast, all uh, locally grown and malted barley and wheat. Uh, there's a lot of raw grain in there as well. And then this is dry hopped with um, Laurel. Was this edition? I think this one was Laurel. Yeah, Laurel. Yeah. Laurel. We're going to go with Laurel. We're, we're uh, saying Laurel. <laughs> each edition that we do is different. All of our beers, they always contain an edition number because we, the way that we work, using 100% native yeast, using open fermentation, doing a lot of oak aging and blending for each batch, everyone is going to be unique. We can't repeat stuff even if we tried. So rather than trying to do that, rather than trying to uh, maintain consistency of presentation, we strive instead for consistency of quality where we're trying to explore variations of a theme and do something a little bit different with each batch with exploring that theme. Casey, you're an American, but you're, you're working at Duranque in Belgium. What, what's your take on the American brewing scene? Uh, I enjoy a hazy IPA from time to time, but uh, I won't book an overseas flight for it. <laughs> no, actually, the reason I ended up in Belgium in the first place is I was a communications student interested in the beer industry. I got a little taste of it, and honestly, I was overwhelmed by all the things happening, all the creativity, uh, all, all the great things American brewers are actually doing. I wanted to go to Belgium to learn from a more conservative market, actually, a place that was a little bit more stable, uh, a little more set in its ways, which is a lot of our challenges that we're going through now. Um, but that's the kind of challenge I like. Um, and it's just funny, uh, still, seven years after that, to be trying to convince people in Dotigny and the region that bitter beers are okay. Uh, to explore their taste buds a little bit beyond uh, the sweet blonde beers that they're familiar with. And then um, Xavier, on the other side of the border in France. Yeah, uh, we, we are in a small uh, peninsula, French peninsula in Belgium. Uh, there is uh, all around our country is uh, the Belgian. So we are ori originally Belgian uh, in the family. So we work, we have a... Um, a Belgian knowledge with uh, the work of the yeast, the refermentation, and uh, all the process of brewing. But we try to, to keep the, the um, beer legal tradition. Uh, but our beer are most uh, French farmhouse ale. Uh, 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 it's our, our uh, typicity of our beers. So... Uh, I don't know, be, some, some beer, <laughs> maybe you, you beer can say more of what, what, he, what Al Baron's doing and how it relates to traditions with Belgium. Well, I mean, uh, until recently, there was actually no border. There was no border at that point. So, and the Belgian and French beer tradition is pretty similar. Um, most of the beers were for workers or for farmers. Uh, farmhouses brewed their own beer for consumption, not necessarily on a commercial scale. So, you know, there's a very close affinity between the Saison of Belgium and the uh, Bière de Garde of northern France. And what's really interesting, what we found very interesting about the Aubaron Brewery is that they're the Cuvée de Jonquille, which is we consider their flagship beer here in the U.S., it's really a hybrid. It's got a lot of the Saison characteristics, particularly from the yeast, sort of the esterine notes and the phenols. But um, as Xavier was saying, they also store it. They, they store it for several months or uh, for several weeks for um, to make it a beer de garde. So it's, it's a great hybrid beer, which I think kind of encapsulates where, as Xavier was saying, they're just the little fingers of France sticking up into Belgium. I mean, you can walk to, across the border from the brewery. It's very close. So um, it's a it's a nice melding of, of of Belgian and French brewing traditions. You know, and, and Ron, before you, you were part of these breweries, I know you worked at Shelton Brothers. Are, are there any traditions or breweries that inspired you in in your kind of career? Definitely. I mean, a lot of what we do comes from the time that I spent at Shelton Brothers and the inspiration that we drew from these breweries, but. We're, it's important to us not to try to replicate what we've seen elsewhere, but rather to take some of the creative inspiration, some of the uh, culture that we find underlies a lot of these breweries, and then 
adapt it in ways that make sense for where we are, for our resources, for what we're doing. So we're never trying to replicate styles. We're always trying to kind of do things that just make sense in Skagit Valley. We have a beer that's inspired by XX Bitter. We have a beer that's inspired by Terrace Bulba from Delisan. Um, but they don't taste like XX Bitter or Delisan. They're just uh, our interpretations of how to make a similar beer in the place that we are. Uh, I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, see what one brewery is doing and look for a similar impact. Uh, you have your own brewing system. You have your own place. That's going to change the beer either way. And last week, you, you guys, we had on, uh, before the festival, we had Brasserie de la Seine, Yvonne. To me, like Brasserie de la Seine, Duranque, Cuva de Jonco, to me, those are cult beers. And I'm always w- curious how you guys kept that going because, uh, as Xavier said before, when his grandfather started, it was the era of industrial breweries taking over. And, and how did you, how were you able to start a small brewery then and keep it going? And you know, we see that in America now with, with craft beer. But going back to 1989, there wasn't too much else happening in France, was there? Well, um, BR can jump in if you want to. <laughs> Give us a little backstory, please. Um, my, uh, 1989 was very um, uh, uh, made challenge to, to build a brewery. Uh, there was only a big factory. And uh, even my custom uh, desk didn't know how to... to 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 give the form and everything as an administrative uh, form to 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 make the brewery possible, and you have to do uh, everything from for the the building of the small brewhouse to the administrative things. Uh, we had to do everything. Um, I think we was the first in France to 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 build a new one brewery, and a lot of have a, have a follow after like uh, Daniel Terrier of course and. Uh, on a, on a lot of uh, after, but uh, it was a real challenge to do it. We to to Bridgebury, uh, my father, my grandfather built built uh, built it uh, themselves uh, with uh, material they they kept from um, the brewery industrial brewery. Uh, my grandfather had to dismantle when he was a, a production manager of an industrial brewery. Uh, our fermenters are uh, yeast tanks from an industrial brewery. Uh, you have a lot of uh, uh, second-hand materials uh, because it was uh, only one way to to make the the challenge possible. <laughs> Sounds like and, a and lot of craft breweries. Jimmy, right? when you come on the Shelton Brothers Insider Tours next May on yeah, our Belgium yeah, and France course. tour, Excellent point. you Excellent have a good point. time. <laughs> uh, you will see how picturesque the, the location of Aubaron is. Uh, it's a lovely, it's along a little uh, flowing creek. Um, the, you can sit outside on the terrace and drink your Cuvée des Jonquilles or or perhaps the Noblesse Oblige, uh, one of the many other beers they do. Uh, it's a lovely location, and it brings in a lot of people who come both to eat and to drink. So it's not just you know a beer, a brewery destination, but also for people in the region to come and have a, spend a nice afternoon on the weekend. Great. And how hard is it to sell Belgian beer? I mean, now everybody wants American craft beer. Um, do you have to work harder to, to sell your beers? Um, so this is Casey again from Duranka. Um, it's actually a kind of a project of mine at the brewery to figure out what's going on in the U.S. market. I think a lot of Belgian breweries, not all of them, certainly some of them, talking with other brewers, sales have decreased in the last years as the market's got more brands, more beers on it. Um, but I think a lot of Belgian breweries haven't had to try to sell their beers historically, just until recently when they realized that uh, to keep up with everything that's going on, you sometimes have to be a bit more present. Um, that being said, we also don't have that much time to sell our beers. I'm not a rep for the brewery. I'm in production in the tap room. I'm just here because I guess I'm the American in the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what is your job? So exactly, I, I want to hear everybody's job before we close out the show. Uh... I think Nino mainly hired me on to do the tours instead of him sometimes. Um, but I co-run the tap room with a colleague. We do the service. I give brewery tours. I help in production. I'm not a brewer. I'm more of, we'll say, production assistant or assistant brewer. And, and you came, you, you, were you pouring your beers at the yeah, festival? Yeah, at the festival. Yep, I'm over here. I'm back to visit family and to represent Duranka at the festival. And what beers did you serve at the festival? Ah, I was so excited to bring some session beers, actually. I didn't want anything too crazy. So we brought Miracle, our Lambic beer. Uh, it's the first, it's the second blend we released commercially of uh, spontaneously fermented beer, 100%. Uh, and then I put Franck Belge, one of our new beers. It's a Special Belge, sort of light session amber beer. 
Amer Amer, our first IPA, actually, um, which I had to explain to people wasn't going to be hazy and give you kind of a burn in the back of your throat. Um, we just wanted a more balanced beer with American hop varieties grown in Belgium. Uh, and then XX Bitter. I brought that mostly for the brewers and the fans because uh, I'm, I'm a member of the XX Bitter cult, actually. <laughs> I am too, man. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Amber and Ron, so with the new brewery, before I ask you, just tell us what your jobs are because I still feel like that for people <laughs> in the industry, there's so many jobs related to breweries. Breweries create so many jobs in, in our country. I'd like to hear what those jobs are. Okay, so we're the owners of a very small brewery with not that many employees, so our jobs are kind of everything. Um, I manage the tasting room. I'm HR. I do our reporting. We all kind of pitch in for bookkeeping. Um, we're in charge of sales and distribution. What else do we do, Ron? We oversee production, but we also try to give a lot of freedom to the people that we bring on. I think one of the things that we really pride ourselves on is surrounding ourselves with talented people and then letting them exercise their talent. So we don't want to micromanage our production team, our seller lead. Uh, Sam Hutchins is doing an amazing job and our uh, operations lead, uh, Jacob Grisham, who basically built the place. and We would burn down with that. Yeah, r runs a lot of the day-to-day. -day. Um, those guys are just so integral to what we're doing. A lot of our other team members as well, they're they're really key, but we need to kind of make sure that all the moving parts stay together. And at a Garden Path Fermentation, you guys are uh, committed to sourcing locally. Tell us what brought you to, this, is it Skagit? Skagit, Skagit Valley. Valley. And thank you for getting that right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the big thing when we were trying to think of where to start our project, we wanted a local malt source. That's one of the hardest things in uh, brewing to do locally. And Skagit Valley malting is literally... Uh, two blocks from our brewery um, all of our grain is grown within 10 miles of where we are um, it's all malted locally it's a great little company that's doing craft malt of local varietals heirloom varietals that um, farmers were growing basically as a cover crop and mowing over because there was no market for them and they realized that a lot of them are really really good for uh, brewing so uh, that was a big part of it the climate was a big part of it um, just the local, the local uh, port of Skagit, the local government was very supportive of us. So we're really happy up there. Oh, that's great. You, I'm really liking that style of beer. I, I really appreciate that you're you're doing this. What was your first beer again, Don, Ron? Just tell us uh, again. First thing that we had was the dry hop streams well, which was just kind of our take on uh hoppy belgian pale ale essentially um though again we're not trying to make belgian beer we're not a belgian brewer we're trying to make skagitonian beer so um it uses we made up that word uh well we didn't it was used before <laughs> skagitonian but, uh, i'll tell but, you that, that's the kind of beer that i'm sure that br and joel agree with me that's the kind of beer that i could drink every day so it's it, it's all just native yeast that we cultivated but it's what is surprising to a lot of people is that we're using 100 percent native yeast but our beer is not overtly sour to a large extent and a lot of that relates to our climate because we don't have the summer heat we don't have as much presence of organisms like Britannomyces and lactobacillus and pediococcus and acetobacter that are going to cause um uh, a lot of the flavors that are normally associated with that style of beer they're 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 there but they're there in much smaller populations relative to the population of Saccharomyces in our culture. And that means that we can make beer that still presents largely as though it was brewed with lab yeast, but with kind of interesting nuances and undertones that develop more the longer that it ages. So a beer like this, you may pick up some undertones of bread. You may pick up little hints of tartness. So I, I really don't find this one to be particularly tart at all. And um, you'll pick up some of those nuances but it's still really approachable, really soft and drinkable. And that's something that we always strive for is to make things that you can drink a few glasses of and still continue to enjoy. And that'll continue to unfold on your palate. And we like to surprise people. That's part of the, uh, the reference in our name, Garden Path Fermentation, is to take people to places they may not expect to go, but that we think are really beautiful and worth exploring. All right, man. Okay. We can talk more about Garden Path, but Stefano, the next beer was yours, right? Yes, uh, I poured uh, Diaz Manos, our collaboration with um, your present Pete from KCVC, the beer trekker. We also had... Did they the, made the beer in Panama? In Panama on Valentine's Day this year. 
uh, it was a great day together. It's very romantic. Real. Romantic. Very <laughs> romantic. <laughs> it, was a, it was a great romantic beer. fermentation. <laughs> did uh, Miguel braid his beard in front of you? Oh, he did. Yes. I, I, he let me touch it. <laughs> uh, we also had Avery Swanson from uh, Jester King and uh, Blackman Brewing from Dallas, Texas. Barrett was there too. Uh, they were all for the festival. And um, we produced a uh, very classic rustic... Uh, Saison style wort, and we did a monoculture fermentation in stainless, and then we moved it to Central America's first uh, footer that sits in our production uh, hall, and let it, uh, you know, mingle there with the footer microflora for about uh, two months, and then we bulk conditioned it uh, with Pretanomyces in the Orval tradition. Hold on, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a minute on Beer Sessions Radio. This episode is brought to you by Root 11 Potato Chips. Made with a secret recipe and superior ingredients, their mission is to make an outstanding product in a safe and clean environment. To learn more, visit rt11.com. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's October 2019. We've got a whole crew here just back from the festival, the Shelton Brothers event in Buffalo, New York. And um, we were just talking to Stefano from Caja Bruja? Casa Bruja in Panama in, City, Panama. In Panama. So yeah. you, 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 you made a collaboration with Pete from KCBC, Miguel. The Beer the Tracker, beer tracker. Uh, Avery Swanson, and Blackman Brewing uh, from Dallas, Texas. And this is uh, our first uh, our first mixed fermentation beer that we make at the brewery, and and it has it was very well received at the festival. We were very happy to to share it. Um, Even my people. brother liked it. There you go. And they say that he doesn't like many this beers. This is brother Will. Brother Will. Brother beers. Dan's bad enough, but brother Will even said these guys are good. So there you go. <laughs> and. Proved. Uh, it took a silver medal in uh, the South Beer Cup in Argentina and a gold medal in uh, the Copa Cerveza de América in, San, in Valparaíso, Chile, in the last few months. And we're very happy people have received it really well. This is the first Panamanian wild ale to be available um, in Panama. And we're very excited to bring more. You know, I want to ask all these years. geopolitical questions about the canal that's another show because I know Panama is a special country. It is. There's a probably a lot country. going on there. Um, but I wanted to ask Pete, what what, what is it like for him go, going to Panama and making a beer? Because I don't really know anything about Panama City. It's very hot. It's hot. Yeah. Um, no, it's much the same as anywhere else. He's got a very nice, modern, clean brew house, and uh, we were making something a little more rustic than what we normally do. We do a barrel program as well, but it was fun too. I thought we were originally doing a triple. I guess this was a saison. That was a saison. Yeah. Um, no, it was awesome. He's got a laboratory. He's got everything we've got here and is making world-class beer. And we had Avery and Barrett and Miguel. We had a good team together and just put put together a pretty amazing beer, I think. And so, so and I know from Miguel, I've, I've heard a lot more about uh, the Riser Craft beer in Central and South America, but... Give us a little more, because this Costa Rica event was was a big deal for you, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, going to Costa Rica for me, uh, it was mostly because I have a friend there, the one who runs the festival and has a brewery there. We've been friends since high school in Venezuela. So when he moved to Costa Rica some 10, 12 years ago, and he started his brewery there, it was the same time that I started my project. So kind of went hand in hand. He was just sending me his like pretty much home brews to try here and then all of a sudden a couple of years later he's one of the biggest breweries in Central America so seeing him go from like home brewer brewing in his kitchen to now having a you know big facility and producing very good beers it was very exciting to see what was happening in in Central America in general and that's how I met you know all these guys from Panama and the rest of the region because they all went to the the festival that he's been doing which has been uh, two two editions now and it was nice to see that how the whole beer culture is expanding below the United States and Mexico all the way down to Argentina. So it's been really exciting this year. 
exploring uh, all of South America. I've been already to Panama, Costa Rica, Mexico, Ecuador, Argentina. Uh, so it's, it's, it's pretty exciting because not a lot of people is paying attention to what's going on over there. So it's nice to be able to at least put my little, you know, how do you say granito arena, like my little grain of sand, uh, and to, to showcase a little bit of what's happening there so people can try uh, the beers. And thanks to Miguel uh, playing it up, you know, talking it up to me. Uh, I ended up going down to Costa Rica and Panama both, and here we are with uh, some beer from there in the U.S., just like that. So it's, it's a happy uh, collab between all kinds of people from different parts of the world uh, giving us a chance to try beer in different countries, and we're really happy to have uh, Stefano here. Pete, you, you, we've had you on a lot in the last year. You've been to so many places. You've been to Nor Norway. You've been to Panama. Where do you want to go next? Japan. Japan. And is there, there is there a brewery there that you want to make beer with? Uh, yeah, Kyuchi would be amazing. Get a Chino. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We're going to visit when we make it over there, but I don't know if a collab is in order. Yeah. And, and you're, you're seeing you know all these other breweries up, up close. Um, as as a kind of a, a brewer with a science background, is is there any th like common trait that you're seeing yeasts, techniques? Absolutely, um, yeah, absolutely. All over the world, everywhere I've been, everyone's making hazy IPA. <laughs> Maybe not France so much yet, but I but think I'm, there's I'm, a few coming. But, and I like hazy no. IPAs too. But I'm actually again really glad that we have French, Belgian, and uh, Skagit. Skagit Valley, yeah. Skagitonian. Skagitonian. Yeah. That was a to. that was a joke, but everyone is making amazing beers, all kinds of varieties, all over the place, and they are making just the same stuff that we're doing here. Like, and maybe we were taking the charge, but we're not necessarily in the lead anymore as far as um, new and exciting beer styles in the U.S. What, what do you like, Stefano? I mean, you're you're here in New York. You've been going to festivals. What are some other beers that really inspire you? Well, I'm, I'm very inspired by the Belgian tradition. Totally, I'm a, I'm a huge hophead too, and the, the hazy IPAs are, are nice to have a, a, a couple. Every once in a while, I brew one, thanks to Pete's help a lot too. Um, Get but, Pete's recipe? Yes. Um, I'm obsessed with uh, Gosses, so Leipzig-style Gosses. Um, we're bringing four different Gosses into the United States, and a, and a tequila barrel-aged one will be the fifth really has been a, a lifelong trip uh, to understand and brew the style uh, adequately. Um, and we're very happy to, to bring it here. Um, so that's my obsession. I really like uh, tart, morally tart, slightly mineral um, sour beers that really blend well with uh, the climate that we're in Panama City. It really um, pairs well with the salinity in the air. We're brewing it 200 meters What's that in miles? I don't know. Um, from the ocean, from the Pacific Ocean. So you constantly have a humidity and salinity in the air. And when you drink this beer there, it just makes sense. And uh, it was very interesting to see how people uh, embraced sour beers or, or tart beers uh, in Panama or in Central America. Uh, because we grow up eating sour fruits. And when you present an IPA uh, to people there, they're like, whoa, this is difficult to to grasp but a sour beer uh, it's like you've had it all your life so it makes sense what are some other fruits that that you have in panama um so we're using soursop uh guava uh, we're importing raspberries from oregon for raspberry gosa and um we're gonna experiment with so many so many more we'll see yeah we're we're using kaffir lime leaves at one of our gosas uh, very successfully and you know Still wanting to do a straight gose without any uh, weird additions. We'll see when uh, when I'm able to do that. The market is asking for other stuff. So, <laughs> so and Miguel, who else are you discovering? It looks like you're going to be discovering all the all the new breweries in South America. Well, I don't know about discovering, but again, like when I met Stefano in 2015 uh, at the brewery that he was working at the time, he had a beer that he made. And he had it like in a keg or something in the cold room. So no, I don't think anybody had tried that beer. And he called me to the cold room. And he asked me, you want to try one of my beers? And I said, from the brewery? He said, no, my beer. I'm like, sure. And I tried it. And I was like, can you curse in here? 
You, you can. Okay, so I said, holy shit, and you made this like <laughs> at home? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, wow. So from that moment, I knew that this kid had tremendous talent. And when he went to, to the Cup in Costa Rica a couple of years later, he brought they brought uh, their Goza with the Kefir Lime. And I brought that one back to the New York. That was how good it was. It was like the last bottle of the festival. I snagged it from the competition because it didn't go to the next round. So I just took it home. And I took some pictures and I tried it. And I told him, dude, this is like, I love Gosas. And this was phenomenal. And then, you know, the following year, they made the one with uh, Raspberry. That actually won in the World Beer Cup last year in, was it in Nashville, Nashville in Tennessee? Yeah. It's the first uh, beer in a World Cup from any Central American country so that was like a, a big deal and that's how good those beers are wow i, I, I just keep up with Thank the Shelton brothers and, and miguel rivas and i'll know all the best well, i just, I just want to throw in that, that um which is true when we were introduced to the gozes from these guys we're pretty picky uh br and i and bob our staff in new york about goza because we've had ritter goods and we've had all these good ones from germany and there are a lot of you know sort of i have to say half-assed ones out there of course people just throwing fruit together and stuff but we just said wow this stuff is seriously great you know, especially the goes it was instantly we said we got to get this beer in America because it's really great stuff. Well, let's make sure we, we all say your beers clearly on air because we do keep track of them, okay? So, uh, Casa Bruja, uh, Gose. So, we have a raspberry one. It's called Gose Frambuesa, Limon Kafir, which is with uh, Kafir lime leaves. We have uh, Guava and uh, Guayaba and Soursop, which is Guanawana. And we'll have a couple kegs of the tequila barrel aged uh, margarita. Goes with uh, orange zest and uh, lime zest too. All right, man. And you, you guys, um, I want to go back to Xavier because so it, it was your family's business. Yeah, of course. Alberon. Yeah. Tell us what the, the the jobs that you do and more about the, the work you do in the brewery in France. So uh, now, uh, from a few years, I'm now now the owner of the brewery with my sister, which. Um, more manage a restaurant. I manage a brewery. Uh, so I we do. It's like uh, my friend from uh, past fermentation. We do everything from uh, planning for uh, to uh, condition like uh, um, bottling line to brewing, everything. Of course, I have uh, employees now. I have two two uh, brewers uh, working with me. Uh, but uh, we try to keep uh, the. Um, Liberty for all people to to creativity and uh, we work together to to working well and uh, and of course keep our uh, philosophy with uh, our uh, yes working and uh, and the uh, base of our uh, knowledge refermentation only one yeast and filtered beers and uh, after uh, we have a we. We give creativity to liberty and creativity to to make uh, good beers, but ever in the same uh, philosophy of our brewery. Xavier, at your family's restaurant, you yeah, know, you're in France on the border with Belgium. What what types of food are you serving? What what is the culture of your of your area in terms of food, oh, lifestyle? It's um it's a kind of um, Belgian cooking or french flanders cooking uh, you know we like uh, uh, f- uh flemish carbonade or uh, beer c- beer cooking beer boiled uh, cooking and of course you have um, in our side of uh, of the border in france uh, uh, we have a uh, local cheese that you have not in the, in the borders in the belgian side we have a lot of uh, local ch- specialty cheese uh, that we use in the uh, in our cooking, um, and uh, of course, uh, in close to the to the to our border, you have the North Sea, and uh, we can make pairing with uh, beer and sea, uh, like we say in French, mer uh, et bière. You have a lot of uh, possibility in our uh, in our cooking. Uh. Casey, you're in Belgium. Have you heard that before, mer et, et bière? Uh, I've never used that term before. <laughs> <laughs> so for you guys, it's like the, the culture there. There's traditions of, of beer and food as well as beer. And Xavier, if I could ask just out of interest, um, locally where you are, not too far from Mons on the Belgian side. I don't travel on the French side very often. Uh, how integrated is beer into daily life? Are most people having beer every day over there? 
Yes, a lot of people having a beer uh, every day. You have a big beer culture, but it's still an the industrial beer take a big place in uh, in the everyday uh, beer scene. Uh, a lot of people drink uh, Pilsen, like uh, Jupiler, which is a beer from the Abbey in Bev uh, group. Uh, but of course, there is a place for a lot of uh, special beers, but. Uh, most of the beers uh, are you, when you travel around Belgium you will find sometimes uh, some the, the same beers like uh, the, the famous Trappist like Chimay or Val and everything but you have to to search a lot to find uh, all the the other uh, craft beers uh, in Belgium like uh, Durank or uh, uh, so much other because a lot of Small Belgian breweries make a lot of uh, exportation, like eighty uh, percent or sometimes more. So, uh, and you have a lot of contracts, uh, bars, uh, brewery contracts uh, with the big groups for in the small bars. So sometimes it's di difficult to find the the good craft beer. But now we have a, a revival for local products and beer is of course in the challenge for that on a. More and more, it's more easy to to find uh, local craft beers, but uh, we have still uh, uh, work to do to to increase that. So I, I can go on the Shelton Brothers Inside of Tours, right, Joel? Joel, it's, it's highly recommended, Jimmy. Okay, we'll go check out that border, France and Belgium. And Miguel, we're going to wrap it up soon. But Miguel, uh, what was I just question? had a I just had a question, uh, not a question, uh, an anecdote about his brewery because. It's not a question. It's because of the, the travels that I do, you get to meet a lot of people, and then, you know, the connections, they stay there. And I, For example, last week I was in Washington State, and I went to visit this guys at Garden Path. I stayed with them one night, and, you know, I just wanted to go and visit them and see what they were doing. But last year I traveled to Norway, and I was visiting also a friend there, and he knows my love for Jester King, so he bought me a bottle. And when I stayed with him, he said, oh, I bought a bottle for you. And he shows me, and it was a collaboration with these guys. And he he got it in Norway. So, so I remember. So Jester King and Oberon. Yeah, so I remember that. So when I heard that they were going to be at the Shelton Fest uh, the night of the of the pre-party, I, I looked for him, and I wanted to introduce myself and told him about, you know, that I had this, try this beer, and it was just so surreal that a brewery in France, I'm in Buffalo, New York, and I got a bottle of his beer in Norway. So it was just like that. Crazy. That kind of sums up the whole Shelton Brothers and the festival itself. I don't know what else I can say. Anybody have a, any? Does anyone have a question for another person? Because this is quite a group of people. Stefano's eyes are going. Joel's going to say something. I always have something to say. No, but this is exactly our dream, though, to be to be involved in the the best people in the world in the beer biz, uh, at least on some level. And it's just really fun for everybody involved. And, it, uh, you know, we, I personally and our company likes to get people together. It doesn't have to be something that benefits us necessarily, obviously, but it's just fun to be around these kind of folks. And everyone in this room is making great beer, and it's really, really fun just to be in the room. But right B Buff, so Buffalo, New York, with Mike Schatzel, they rolled out the red carpet for you, didn't they? I mean, that space, what, what was the space? It was like an old train station? Yeah, it was the, the Buffalo Central Terminal. I think it was built in 1929. Um, and the idea was that they, the city expected to expand. It was outside of the downtown, which was kind of unique. It was just kind of in the middle of nowhere almost. Uh, so the city had expected, there was a lot of industry there. A uh, huge amount of grain went through Buffalo. I think most of the grain through, through for the U.S. went through Buffalo. Um, so they thought that the city would move out to the suburbs and meet this, uh, you know, grow out to the train station. But that never happened. And the last Amtrak train rolled through in 1979. And it's been it's a lovely Art Deco, enormous building. But it was an amazing, amazing space. But, you know, as Joel was saying, um, you know, that's the festival. I had so many brewers come up to me this weekend and say it's like a family reunion because they're meeting people. They're collaborating. They're exchanging ideas. They're trying different beers. Um, except there wasn't all the drama of a family reunion, which was even better. <laughs> and lots of beer. Well, everyone's cool. And Pete, um, we just tried one of your KCBC beers. We're going to wrap it up in a minute. Yeah, this is Polkageist, a uh, German-style Helles lager. As much as I joke and, and do like hazies, my personal obsession is lagers. And which is why I like Pete, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pete, was just, you were in the, at the Kohnbacher Fest, another Shelton. That's right. Kohnbacher in uh, Germany. Don't magic. bring it up. He had a hard time over there. <laughs> I had a great time. <laughs> wow. This has been great, guys. Um, 
I guess if there must be one more question from somebody because we're gonna wrap this up. If you don't, it's okay. Casey, he's the like the wordsmith well, from Duranka. Oh, I can come up with something. Uh, well, no, I just want to say this is my first uh, Shelton Festival. And as much as I ran away over to Belgium, eventually the Czech Republic, to work in a different beer industry, it's really a pleasure for this to be my reintroduction to beers in the U.S. Uh, Shelton Brother really does a nice selection of beers, really builds relationships between people and flavors, too. Um, and it's, it's just been a blast, I have to say. All right. Well, this is sums it up. Uh, let's go around the room. Everyone, please, again, say your name and where you're from. Xavier from uh, Brasserie Baron and lots of friends. And the best beer? Cuvée de Jonquille, of course. Love that beer. <laughs> uh, B.R. Rolia with Shelton Brothers, uh, based in New York City. Casey Wellman with Braure Duranca and Dotini. Stefano Marin with Casa Bruja Brewing Company in Panama City. Gossip Rambuesa. <laughs> Joel Shelton, Shelton Brothers, Upper West Side. Pete Langell, Fushimi, KCBC, and Bushwick, Brooklyn. Miguel Rivas, the beer trekker, citizen of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Ron Extract, Garden Path Fermentation, Skagit Valley, Washington. Amber Watts, Garden Path Fermentation, Skagit Valley, Washington. Jimmy Carboni, Skagit Valley, Washington. Whoa. You gotta move. That's the future, guys. <laughs> Moving to paradise. Opening a brewery. You guys want New Yorkers right? over there? I, I don't think so. I got France. I got everywhere I want to be. But you guys, this has been a great show. Thanks again so much. And, and Joel and BR for putting this together. Our pleasure. Um, it's really special. And I love doing working with you guys. Great crew here. Big shout out to everybody. Um, Matt Patterson, engineer. New producer, Dylan Hoyer. Uh, engineer, Kevin B. Um, I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks for joining us here on the Heritage Radio Network. We'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo! 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 Beer Sessions Radio is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.